We're doing a series right now called Beholding and Becoming. If I'm counting right, I think this is the seventh message that I've preached on this topic. I'm going to keep it going for a little while until the Lord tells me that's enough. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18, and then in a moment I'll have you turn to Genesis. I do have this in the Bible app. If you look under More and Events, you can see I've got all the notes and all of my points there tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. I'm actually reading this out of the Tree of Life version. Have you guys ever heard of that? One of my instructors in Bible school helped put this thing together, and it's pretty great, actually. So, But watch this. It says this. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So this is the idea that we are beholding the Lord. When we come into Christ, there's a blinder, a veil that is removed, and now we can look upon the Lord. And I've been exploring many different ways that we can behold the Lord through his word, in the place of prayer, through our giving, even in the lives of other believers. We can behold the Lord. But as we do this, we're transformed into his glorious image, into the same image of glory. So everybody say, beholding and becoming. Now I want you to turn into the Old Testament, very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter 12. I want to talk tonight about beholding the promises of God. Beholding the promises of God. Genesis chapter 12. We're going to read a few verses here out of the life of Abraham, beginning at verse 1. And this is out of the New King James. It says this, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I like that. Uh, leave. Where are we going? I'll show you. I mean, how many of you would have faith to step out? You don't even know where you're going. Abraham did. Abram did. So verse 2, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 4, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to a place of Shechem. This is what will become Jerushechem, Jerusalem, if you didn't know that. As far as the tabernacle tree of Morah, the Canaanites were then in the land. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, your, To your descendants I will give this land. There he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. Man, I feel <laughs> the Spirit of God on this. Uh, there he built an altar to the Lord who appeared to him, and he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai to the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. So Abram journeyed, going still towards the south. There was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to dwell there, for the famine was severe in the land. Let's pray, and let's ask the Lord's hand on this time as we open his word together. 
Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is light, it's life, it's instruction, it's correction where we need it. And I pray this morning that your word would accomplish all that you desire it to. Come on, church, help me pray. Lift your voice. Pray with your spirit. Pray with your understanding. Lord, we ask now for a mighty anointing to come as we behold you in the word and behold you in your glory. Lord, we welcome your spirit now to come. Give us eyes that see and ears that hear and a heart and a mind that perceives what your spirit is speaking. I bind the works of the enemy. He would seek to distract, to distort, to confuse, or uproot your word as it comes forward. Give us liberty in receiving all you have for us tonight. In Jesus' mighty, powerful name I pray. And everybody say, amen. You may be seated. Oh, my. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run through some things quickly for you here, but... Uh, you know, we, we've been dealing with the idea of beholding and becoming, and, and the concept is very simple. I've made jokes about, uh, you know, how people start looking like they're animals after a certain amount of time, and, uh, and how you'll notice couples start looking like each other over a certain amount of time, and you'll notice that people who hang around individuals, they start talking the same and thinking the same, and even down to the fact that I, I shared a few weeks ago the statistic on how the average, your average salary will be within $10,000 of the five people that are closest to you. I mean, it's crazy. You truly do become what you behold. What you surround yourself with, you will transform into. Now, what's amazing is when you look at Abraham, how many of you are familiar with Father Abraham? You've been a Christian, you probably are. You sang the song, and uh, in kids' ministry, I was always getting in trouble because right arm, and I'd try and punch the neighbor, you know, right foot. And um, I was not a good kid. I was not the kid you wanted to be over in kids' ministry. But, um, but Abraham, it's amazing. You watch this guy, and everything is stacked against him. And most of you know his story, but it's like God is calling this guy to be a patriarch, to be the founder of everything within Judaism and Christianity and, uh, and, and all that we honor and worship. This is the guy. Comes from a family of idol makers, pagan religion, called to be the father of a multitude of nations, and his wife is barren, called to a, a covenant relationship with God, and, uh, and everything seems to be, even when he's taken to this piece of land, you'll notice that he looks at the land, and the land is in famine, and you just look, and like God's giving him all of these promises, yet somehow Abram ends up receiving all that the Lord has for him. And so what I want to do is I want to look at how does Abram go from beholding the promises of God to actually receiving, having these things manifest and walking them out in his life. How many of you have received prophetic words that are yet unfulfilled? How many of you have promises you're standing on and I haven't seen that come to pass yet? Well, I hope that tonight we get some keys from Abram, who is our father in the faith. And by the way, this is important for us for a couple reasons. Um, if you know anything, everything that's going on in Israel right now, it all comes back to this guy. 
whether you know it or not. This very promise that I read, there is what Galatians 4 calls the children of promise, which essentially is the children of Israel, and the child of the bondwoman, which is Hagar, their descendants who are today the nation of Islam. And it's all this conflict over one little mountain, over one hill, this is what all the conflict is over. This is why terrorists attack. This is where all of this tension comes. It all comes down to this promise right here. And so it's important for us to be aware of well, why is this land important and why is this guy important and why do we as Christians and those who pray for and love the, the Jewish people, why is all of this important? This is important for us personally because you realize that even what my wife was sharing about the blessings. of How many of you have been blessed in your life, in your walk with God? I have been so blessed. Do you realize that so much of the blessing that's on your life, Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29 says that you belong to Christ and you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Do you have that verse? Can you bring that up there? Galatians 2, I'm sorry, 3.29. Um, I want you to look at that. You belong to Christ. How many of you belong to Christ? Okay. You are children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So that means all of those blessings, all of those things that I read just a moment ago, you can lay hold of those things. That's your inheritance. That's your right. That's part of what God has promised to you. And so what are those blessings? I, 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 there's seven of them. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on any of them, but let me give them to you. First of all is what I would call legacy. You'll see this in, in Genesis. Uh, let me see. Genesis 12 in verse 2. He said, I will make you a great nation. Talking to one man with no kids, but I'm going to make you a great nation. And I've preached on this. I'm not going to spend time unfolding it, but God did truly make Abraham a great nation. And so one of the things that I contend for and I stand for and I believe for is God, I believe in a God for a godly legacy. My mom was a woman of faith. I was a prodigal, but I came home, praise God. And I love the Lord today. And my kids will never be prodigals because I, <laughs> I got set free. I got the devil broke off of my life. Hallelujah. But I'm, I'm telling you, to worship up here with my kids is one of the great joys of my life. I can't believe that I get to do that. One day, it'll be my grandbabies who are worshiping. One day, it'll be my great-grandbabies who are. And the Bible says even to a thousand generations. And that's your family. You can pray and you can contend. Lord, you said that through Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. You gave him a godly legacy, his family, his sons and daughters. And we're part of that. You can lay hold of that blessing. Praise God. Everybody say Legacy. Number two, you'll either really like this one or not, but number two is prosperity. Prosperity. He said, I will bless you. I will bless you. Everybody say prosperity. 
Now, Abraham was doing pretty well when he received this word. He had herds and flocks and followers and, and all of this. You read his story. But he becomes incredibly wealthy to the degree that even him and his cousin can't live next to each other. Uh, his nephew, rather. Uh, they, he increases so abundantly. It's like, I got to give you land, and I got to give you more land, and I got to increase your territory. Guys, you are hard-pressed to read the Bible and not see somebody called of God get so incredibly blessed. I'm just telling you, you begin to serve God, he's going to bless your socks off. He's going to prosper you. He's going to increase you. And number three, I told you I wasn't going to spend a lot of time on any of these. Number three, he said, I will make your name great. This is what I would call position. Position. I will make your name great. So I, I remember a pastor when I was in, in Bible school. You know, when you're in Bible school, you know everything, right? And uh, I was in Bible school, and I, I remember this pastor getting up, and he, he made a statement like, you know, if I, if I had to get a job at McDonald's, it wouldn't be any amount of time before I was running that McDonald's, before I owned that McDonald's. And I remember thinking like, man, that's pretty arrogant, thinking this guy's full of himself. But the more I grow in the Lord, the more I'm like, no, that's true, man. Like, Everywhere I go, I will be the head and not the tail. Everywhere I go, God's going to give me position. He's going to give me rank. He's going to give me authority. And, and, and that's your story. You will get promoted above your coworkers, even with lesser education. You will have opportunity. These are not afforded to other people. Why? Because he's opening the windows of heaven over his sons and his daughters. And that doesn't mean money raining down from the skies, but it's opportunities for increase. It's his faith upon your life. So God, I mean, it's just amazing. He'll give you position. He'll give you, these are the promises that God gave to Abram. And these are your promises, your inheritance as well. Number four, oh, I like this, generosity. He said, you shall be a blessing. I'm pulling all of this out of Genesis chapter 12. You shall be a blessing. So it's not just prosperity for prosperity's sake. No, it's so you can be a blessing. And when you look, I mean, guys, it's crazy. I, I've been listening to a lot of stuff about Israel this week. And it's amazing when you look at even the technology and the resources. I mean, we have olive oil that has been exported from Israel that you can buy in the grocery store. You can buy all kinds. Start looking at your labels. You'll be amazed out of this little place that's smaller than New Jersey how much is being supplied to the entire world. This prophecy is being fulfilled today. But do you realize that the very same blessings and promises are for me and for you? Like, God's going to prosper you, and he's going to empower you to be generous. You want to know what's neat about, so that testimony that my wife shared, we wanted to give a particular amount. We wanted to give $1,500 in that Feast of Tabernacles, and we're $500 short in being able to do that. So we prayed, and God gave, we stood up in my office and we prayed together. And within a week, God gave us $500. We should have prayed for more. Uh, but God gave us $500. Because you know why? Because he supplies seed to the sower. 
He supplies. Think about it. You realize that, that giving is a gift. Now, now think, think about gifts, okay? I've prayed, I've prayed for people, and they've gotten healed. Why? Because Jesus Christ, by his stripes, has paid a price for bodies to be healed. So guess what? I can pray as a mediator, as a conduit to see God's glory manifest in the life of somebody who needs it. And guess what? I don't have to pay for it because he paid for it. In the very That's how gifts work. Jesus paid for it and he gives it to us. So in the same way, think about this. Romans chapter 12 says that giving, generosity, is a gift. And that means, guess what? You don't have to pay for it. You can ask the Lord, Lord, I would like to be able to give on a greater level. And it's true. Just like Dr. Morocco said, you'll have the tempter come and say, oh, you could use that for yourself, but I'm not doing that. No, I gave it right away. As soon as that came into my hands, we gave it. He provides seed to the sower. So he'll give you, he'll increase you so you can be generous, right? Number five, oh, I like this. Uh, these are all great, actually. I, I must say that I like this over all of them. But number five, he says, uh, protection. Everybody say protection. He said, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. That's in verse three. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Do you know, you know that you've got a good father who's willing and ready to fight on your behalf? I mean, that's a big deal, friend. Like, you know who my dad is? Like, you ever have those fights with kids growing up? Like, my dad could beat up your dad. I didn't have that fight because my dad wasn't around, praise God. But I got a good heavenly father, and, uh, and he could beat up anybody, hallelujah. So, you bless me, he'll bless you. You curse me? He'll curse you. You don't matter. I remember Steve Hill tell him. He'd look me in the face and be like, you know, he'd ask me a question, usually about integrity or something. He's always doing, now you live in holy. And uh, he was scary, man. You, wanna, you, you guys think that I'm mean or scary. You think you got a mean mentor in your life? That guy was scary. Look me, don't look me in the eyes. Have you been living holy? Yes, sir. He's like, if you lie to me, God help you. I'm like, okay. I'm serious. No, he'd talk like that. It wasn't because I was messing up, but that's how he'd talk to me. God help you if you lie to me. And the thing is, I believed him. And I've taken that. I've taken that. Like, I'll ask people questions. I've had moments of confrontation. It's just like, listen, you know, you're looking all over the place. I don't believe a word that's coming out of your mouth. But God help you if you're lying to me. I'm not going to try and seek this thing out. You just, you guys understand what I'm talking about? Why? He will bless those who bless you. He will curse those who curse you. You don't have to fight those battles. He'll fight those battles for you. All right, next, number six. There's only seven, so I'm not taking a long time with this. Number six is revival, revival. Now, where do you see that? It says, in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This was the promise that God gave to Abraham. Through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, what does that have to do with revival? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. In Galatians chapter 3. In fact, do you guys have that? Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Let's bring that up. Look at what it says. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, 
having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham, there it is, everybody say the blessing of Abraham. So what Jesus has done in our life has positioned us for the blessing of Abraham, and this is what it is. The blessing of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles, that's you and me, in Christ Jesus, watch this, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Do you realize that when the Holy Ghost drops into our services, when the spirit of prophecy or healing or miracles, when the spirit of God upon all flesh, on sons and daughters, men and women, young and old, all tribes, tongues, peoples, and nations, you realize when the Holy Ghost moves upon us, that goes all the way back to a promise that God gave Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. In you, all people will be blessed. What is that blessing? It's, the, oh my goodness, you want to talk about beholding and becoming? Like, like, we get jealous of Moses on a mountain being able to talk to God. The blessing of Abraham is not just, wow, I can see you, God. No, I'm going to send my spirit, and it's going to be on you, and it's going to be in you, and it's going to operate through you. What? Jesus, Jesus prayed as he, Lord, the glory you gave me. I give to them. What? Like, Old Testament guys could not even look at the glory and live. And you're praying, Jesus, that the glory you have that you share with the Father, Jesus, you're saying, for us, in me? Guys, that's crazy. That's crazy. You want to talk about beholding and becoming. We are bearers of the glory of the Lord. And it goes back to Abraham. It's the blessing of revival. Hallelujah. The, the last one, oh, this is good. Some of you need to lay claim to this. Uh, you'll see in verse 7 in Genesis chapter 12, it, it says, um, and to your descendants I will give this Land. Now, we know specifically that's talking about that particular land in Israel. But um, I want you to write this. If you're taking notes, are you guys taking notes? There's legacy, prosperity, position, generosity, protection, revival. Number seven, I want you to write this down, is property. Property. For real, look in Scripture. Like, do this as you're studying the prosperity thing to check me on this. Like, when God gave somebody a promise, not only did he pay the bill, but almost always there was land associated with it. I'm making a covenant with you, and this is where you get to live. I'm giving you a promise, and this is your new home. This is a land flowing with milk. And he always gave them property. This is why... You guys watch. The same way Dr. Morocco says, I'm going to give a million dollars, I'm telling you, God's going to give me a house. And it's going to be on a piece of property that I own because he gives it to me. This is a promise that we can lay hold of. Now, this is going to help us in our prophetic nights because you receive prophetic words. Great. I, I don't know which of those seven jumps out to you, maybe many of them. But how do we actually claim this? How do we actually receive this? I love what Prophet Critcher said on one occasion. He's like, I get all these prophetic words. And he's like, I started asking one year, where do I go to cash this in? 
Like, where do I actually go to exchange uh, for these words that I've received? Well, we can learn some things from Abraham. Can, can I give you a couple things that Abraham did to receive this word? How did he receive all of this? How did he move from beholding the promise of God to actually receiving the promise of God? Well, first thing he did is Abraham obeyed. He obeyed. Everybody say obey. He obeyed. In verse 1, the Lord says to Abraham, get out of your country. Leave your idol-making family. I'm going to increase you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to use you. You can't be around this limited scope that's around you right now. I need you to go to a land that I'm going to show you. And in verse 4, the Bible says, Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken. That's obedience. By the way, some translations will actually put this in here, but nearly every scholar agrees that Abraham left the next day. He received the word of the Lord, and he left the next day. Friend, it's not just obedience. It's quick obedience. When God gives you a word respond to that word. Do something in response. If you get a word tonight that you say, man, that resonates with my spirit. Maybe you're hearing something even from the preached word of God. Property. Yes. Do something. Go walk on a piece of land. Go lay hands on a car you're believing for. I mean, for real. Go, go call your prodigal son and say, hey, godly legacy. I'm claiming that promise. What's going on in your life today? Lay hold, obey, do something. So, like, I have this dream. We've been sharing the story because we've got interns. You guys pray for this. We've got interns that potentially we're going to plant a lot of churches, a partnership between YWAM and King's, and, and King's Kona. Uh, Dr. Morocco got to share with these guys, but we've got three, and we're praying it'll become three churches, hallelujah, even over the next few months. And so uh, we've been sharing the story just about the miracle of this building. I had a dream. In the dream, the pastor of Trinity Church comes to me and says, you'll buy that building out of Coconut Grove. I wake up. I don't keep it to myself. I share it with Leah. The Lord spoke to me. We're going to buy this building out of Coconut Grove. Now, you know, Leah, we just better wait to get three confirmations. Let's see if anybody calls us up. Let's wait and see if a dove flies by. You know, maybe we'll trip and fall on a, you know, a, a little pamphlet that says Coconut Grove, and then we'll know. For, no, we didn't do that. I got dressed. I hope I brushed my teeth. And we went across the street to Coconut Grove immediately, quick obedience. And because we obeyed quickly, we walk in, we order our coffee. I ask the girl. She still works there. My, my daughter works there as well now, and she remembers us walking in that day. I asked her, this is a strange question, but do you have any idea who owns the King Kamehameha Mall up the road? And she said, yes. The same family that owns this coffee shop owns that mall. And I said, well, could I get that contact information? We end up calling this guy and find out he's on property right now. We came up here. We end up talking to this guy. Sure, I'll sell you this mall. Ends up, he, he's connected with Dr. Cho. He's from Korea but got stuck here because of COVID. I mean, but the thing is, if I would have delayed one day, he would not have been here. That girl may not have been working in that coffee shop. I got the word. I had the dream. 
and we obeyed. We did something. Abraham receives the word. He packs up. I mean, he's got flocks and herds and servants. and he t- We're all leaving tomorrow. Quick. Oh, you want the blessings of Abraham? You want to walk in the blessings of Abraham? Obey. Speaking of Dr. Cho, you know what his growth strategy for his church was? Like he'd have these, Dr. Cho, by the way, largest church on the planet. And people would gather together, and Dr. Morocco shares these stories about, I mean, it's, it's comical, because all these guys get together and they share their great strategies for growing a great church. All of these formulas, all of these systems, all of these programs. And then Dr. Cho gets up, last one to speak, the only guy who's got a church over a million a million. He has a life group. Dr. Morocco spoke for a life group leaders meeting with 100,000 leaders. Life group leaders. Just the leaders, not the assistants. The whole. He spoke to a junior high class that had 20,000, just seventh graders. This, I don't even know what this would qualify as. Like, our church is like, it's like the nursery. I don't know. It's not even, not even. And Dr. Cho, you want to know what my strategy was for growing this church? I pray, I obey. I pray, I obey. Drop the mic. That's how you're going to grow a great church. I pray, and I, come on, let's say it together. I pray, and I obey. That's it. You got it, man. You're going to receive the blessings of Abraham. Now, the, the second thing Abraham did is he gave. Abraham gave. In verse 7, it's a verse that made me about cry. He built an altar to the Lord. And in the next verse it says, he built an altar to the Lord in another city, in another place. And he prayed. Abraham was a giver. Abraham, in the next chapter, meets a guy named Melchizedek. And after receiving word and instruction from the Lord, he gives a tithe. This is before the law, by the way. He gives a tithe. Jacob did the same thing. He gave a tithe outside of the law. This is why. Friend, I just, I got to tell you, what Abraham did is he took action. That's what obedience is, and that's what giving is. Sometimes you're like, Pastor, I'm trying to receive the word, and you're, you're claiming one of Abraham's promises. Okay, that's my right, my inheritance. But I can't make any steps towards that. Well, one of the things that I do, if I can't make any practical steps towards something, is I give. I'll give. I, Lord, I, I, I can't take a step towards, I don't know, you know, fill in the blank, one of those seven promises. Like, you know, I, I can't go to the land. I, I, you know, I'm believing for a piece of property over here. But one thing I can do is I can give an offering. I can worship you, and I can give a gift. See, a lot of people like to claim. You, you'll hear people disagree about the tithe. Well, that's Old Covenant. But boy, you, you'll never you'll hear those same people quoting Jeremiah 29, 11 and all these Old Testament promises. And it's like, well, I want the benefits, but I don't want to, I don't want to have to work for it. I don't want to have to pay anything for it. They'll say things sounding spiritual. Jesus paid it all. Jesus paid it all. No, Jesus asked you to give, friend. I'm not receiving another offering, but I'm just telling you, Abraham was a giver. He was a giver. And it's part of how he broke into this. This place. So I work, I obey, I give. Like we'll pray for daily bread every day in our morning prayer meetings. 
but then I give. We'll pray for the harvest of souls to come in, but then I'll go after the harvest. Like today, my wife and I were cutting chain and carrying picnic tables and loading it into the back of the, we were getting all this stuff ready. Like, I'm doing this. I didn't send Gabriel to do this. I didn't send, you know, somebody else. No, I did that. And I actually had to do it twice because I got it into the truck and my wife's like, oh, I don't like this one. The box is broken. So we had to go take it out and then we go get another one. Praise God. And so, but what? I'm doing this stuff. You know who's going to be in here doing the gospel presentation and praying for people that are getting right with Jesus that night? I am. I'm not just going to beg you to do this. And no, I, I, We're doing this, and we're doing this together. We pray, absolutely, but we're going to take action. We pray, and we take action. And here's the last thing. Abraham, Abraham believed. Everybody say believed. Um, there's about five different places in the Bible where it mentions Abraham's faith. Genesis 5 and 6, Romans 4, 1, Galatians 3, 6, Hebrews 11, uh, 8 and 17. Abraham was a man of faith. He was a man of faith. And one of the words that Dr. Morocco released over my life, I find myself saying it all the time, and I believe it's a motto for my life, is that what you see with your faith you will see with your eyes. What you see with your faith, you will see with your eyes. That's beholding. Lord, I'm looking. I'm telling you guys, like, how is it that my wife took one look at this building and knew this is where the Lord wanted us? Because she'd already seen it in faith. How is it that that we can move into moments and we know, God, you're doing something special here because I've already seen it by faith. I already see the building completed over here. I already see thousands being impacted by Hell House. I, I already see YWAM planting churches alongside kings. Like I, I see these things with my with my faith, and one day I will see it with my eyes. I already see the house that I'm going to live in. I, I, I see my kids serving and loving the Lord alongside their spouses and their kids. I, I see these things by faith, and I will see it with my eyes. Abraham believed God. He believed God. He believed God enough to leave his family. He believed God enough to change his name. He believed God enough to circumcise himself. Praise God. How many know that's real faith right there? Like that's serious faith right there. He was willing to give his son. And in Hebrews even highlights the fact that he had so much faith that even if he were to sacrifice his son, he had faith for the resurrection of his son. By the way, that's before anybody had ever been raised from the dead in the Bible. That's before Jesus, that's before Lazarus, that's before anybody was raised. He didn't know if God could do a miracle like that, but he so believed God, even if I give my son, the Lord will give him back. So I'm beholding the promises of God, and I will receive them. So there's seven promises. I don't know what you're believing for, but Abraham obeyed, Abraham gave, 
And Abraham believed. By the way, there's 48 promises that God gives Abraham all throughout the Bible. I figured seven was better than 48. Uh, otherwise, we'd go all night. But I have two minutes. And we're going to move right now into a moment of prophetic ministry. We're going to re- release the word of the Lord. And now you've got some marching orders. What I, I want to see from us where we take prophetic words that we've written down in our phones and we've got recordings of. And I want to see us move into a place of obedience and giving and action and faith to where we're actually going to see these things begin to manifest in front of us. How many of you, how many of you do have prophetic words that the Lord has fulfilled over your life? And we've got, we've got many. But there's a lot more that I'm yet believing for. I'm going to pray and then we're going to move into a time of ministry here. Gabriel. Come on the piano, son, while we, uh, while we pray. And, uh, you know, my son, uh, that's legacy. That's promise number one from the, the blessing of Abraham. My son, I started teaching him guitar last year, and now he's gone beyond. I don't play piano, but he plays piano. He plays drums. He taught Aaron how to play drums. And uh, it's just amazing. That's amazing. I don't know why I was sharing that. I'm just proud, I guess, huh? Hallelujah. Why don't you stand for a moment? Yeah. Holy Spirit, I welcome you now. And God, even according to this word, the very fact that we can receive and walk in and fellowship with your spirit that's the blessing of abraham that has come upon us so holy spirit i welcome you now to come and just begin to saturate this atmosphere and begin to move in each and every one of our lives god i'm asking that even tonight lord you would put in our heart practical action steps that we can take lord ways that we can activate our faith by lord stepping out of the boat so to speak that we can Take these moments, even as Abraham did. You spoke and he obeyed quickly. And God, I pray even now for those who may be bound in in fear or intimidation or questioning. Uh, I, I even feel like right now there's individuals, you have received words, but you have been so delayed in obeying that even now you're questioning, did I really even hear you back there? But God, I'm asking that even tonight, even even as I spoke that, it just resounded in the hearts of individuals. And I just speak, oh God, if you can resurrect Jesus, if you can resurrect Lazarus, you can resurrect a dream. You can resurrect a word that maybe we've released. And I, I don't know if I heard God. Lord, I ask that you would breathe on those things even tonight and that we would take up again the vision that you have committed to us in the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Hallelujah. I, I just want to pray through these very quickly. Uh, how many of you have part of your family, your legacy that you're still contending? I, I want them to know Jesus. Can I just see your hand? Yeah, yeah, so many. So many. I, my hand's up with that one too. 
I know we prayed this way earlier today, but I'm just going to take about, you know, just 30 seconds and just pray on this. I want you to speak their name out right now. And I want you, even with your faith, I want you to picture them. Wow. What would it be like if my brother were in church today right now? What would it be like if my prodigal daughter was standing right next to me right now in this church? I want you to picture it by faith. I want you to picture it by faith. Come on, I want you to say their name out loud right now. Lord, right now, even as names are being spoken, Lord, there's, there's family member that I'm contending for their return to you. But part of the blessing that we've been grafted, I'm the seed of Abraham. I am the child of Abraham, and there are promises right here that I can lay hold of. So, Lord, I'm even beholding the promise of my family, my siblings. I've got two siblings that are away from you right now. And, God, I believe there's going to be a day where I worship alongside them, where I serve alongside them once again in Jesus' name. I see it with my faith, and I will see see it with my eyes in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. How many of you are believing for prosperity in your life? God's going to increase. He's going to bring increase. Come on, lift your hands right now. Lord, I just release even now increase in prosperity, the gift of giving upon your sons and your daughters, that, Lord, you will bless us. And your word says that you will enrich us on every occasion, that we can be generous on every occasion. Come on, that's another promise. God's going to empower you to be generous. Come on, you will be the lender and not the borrower. He will bless you so that you can be a blessing in greater measure. You will be the answer that someone's looking for. There's going to be a shift, not where you're looking for income, but where you're looking, where can I be a giver? Where can I bless somebody? Where can I give into somebody else's life? Come on. God's going to prosper you to a degree that you can be a blessing in the life of somebody else that needs it. Come on. How many of you are believing for position in Christ? Come on. He's going to raise me up. I'm believing believing for a promotion. I'm believing for opportunity. God, I just declare over your people now, you are the head and you are not the tail. You are the first and you are not the last. I declare you are rising up to become managers and owners in the name of Jesus, that you will lead companies and you are entrepreneurs and inventors and, and God's going to use you to be a blessing and even to export things uh, uh, that are a blessing even far beyond your immediate circle of influence in the name of Jesus. Come on, I'm going to pray God's protection over you. God, I ask for your protection and your favor. You said you would bless those who bless you and you would curse those who curse you. And God, we stand under that very same blessing. So I release, Lord, even now the promise of Abraham for your protection and your goodness and your favor. Blessing is running you down and overtaking you. And what God has blessed, no one can curse. Curses can be three and four generations, but the blessing of God is to a thousand generations. You and your bloodline are not cursed any longer. You're operating under generational blessings, generational momentum. Even now, God is protecting you. Come on, can we lift our voice for a moment and pray for a mighty revival, a mighty outpouring of the Spirit. God, we pray even now for a mighty move of the Spirit. Sons and daughters, men and women, young and old, tribes and tongues and peoples and nations, almighty God, serving and honor you right here on the big island, almighty God, right amongst our people group, almighty God. We pray for the
the blessing of Abraham the spirit of the living God that we can behold and we can receive and we can release as because of what you have done for us Jesus so we cry out for a mighty revival in the name of Jesus Christ I pray hallelujah hallelujah Come on, if you believe God is moving you into a realm of blessing, can we just bless him right now? Just thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.